about them Irish. I can't take it anymore. I need a national championship. This is the Four Horsemen Podcast. And we are surprisingly back. Welcome to the Four Horsemen Podcast, a COVID-19 special. I am, of course, joined by Steve, and for many of you guys, many of our new audience might not even recognize his voice, but the original, the OG, P-Wagon, is coming back off his short hiatus to do a special COVID podcast with us. So, P-Wagon, I'll let you take it away. It's a height-appropriate uh, hiatus. Thank you very much. Uh, hello to all our new friends and followers. Uh, the last time you heard me was the New Mexico episode, where I quoted all the Breaking Bad uh, titles in lieu of New Mexico. I think we won that game. Uh, glad to be here. Looking forward to talking to you guys again, and uh, let's get it going. P-Wagon, I'm just going to go right on brand just to start everything. Had we actually lost to Mexico, I would have killed myself. Thankfully, we didn't. <laughs> so uh, just to get off track for a second. But Dill. We are back, buddy. Bring us, uh, bring us right into the grand opening, and let's talk some Notre Dame football. Well, we haven't covered our bowl game at all because um, life got crazy. You were working, I was in school. P wagon was dead, and um, and we just didn't never got around to it. So I figured we should talk about that bowl game, if you recall it all, against Iowa State. The Irish won thirty-three to nine. Ian Book had. Hopefully, what is a performance that is telling of what next season, if we have one, will look like. Um, I mean, he had a 94 QBR in the game, just perfection. I believe Claypool was the MVP. And uh, unfortunately, it was a shitty bowl game just because it was an unprecedented season for good talent among the team. So the way the bowls worked, as obviously all you guys will recall, we ended up getting kind of pushed out into a lower bowl despite being 10 and 2 just because of how many other good 10 and 2 teams there were so overall i thought it was a pretty good performance um i can't even recall where i was watching it from um but hopefully it's a good sign for what's going to happen next year because as we know the quarterback's going to be a big big role in uh, in how we perform the game did happen hmm. that's all i got yeah, um, it's it's such a distant memory at this point. It's been almost six months, and and um, yeah, I I think it would have been, and I, I'm pretty sure I was saying it consistently at the time. I think the our best matchup from a ratings perspective, from a historical perspective, with with blue bloods, um, and, and all things considered, would have been Penn State. I'm pretty sure they were also ten and two, and. That would have been a phenomenal matchup for us, but we, you know, playoff system, conference tie-ins, and a whole bunch of other corrupt bull crap that we have to deal with with the, uh, you know, the, the landscape of college football. So we got an inferior opponent. We drove him into the ground and played great. Uh, from, from my memory, it was pretty much over by halftime. And yeah, Bookie looked hot. He looked great. Uh, now with the departing of a a certain. T- a, a certain quarterback from our QB room. 
I am the world's biggest Ian Book supporter, world's biggest fan. Uh, I think he's going to win the Heisman. I'm actually pretty confident of it. I'll put a thousand bucks on that bet. And that's all I have to say is I am fully uh, aboard the book train. So that's that's one of the huge takeaways from the uh, the postseason rolling into the offseason. I feel like almost like the most important thing right now is just how everybody's health is and how everyone's doing because this is such crazy times. Um, so, of course, to all of our listeners, we hope you're doing well and your family's well and that you are finding a way to cope with just this awful, awful situation we're all in. But let's start with uh, the man of the hour. Um, you know, P-Wagon started this whole thing. What have you been up to? Have you been surviving, keeping keeping pace with life? What's going on there? When was the New Mexico game? Uh, that was September of last year because I took over the hosting and editing for um, Georgia. Right. All right. I've coached a season. I'm a rugby coach. I got through that. Uh, won a second-place trophy in a tournament, which was a big accomplishment for the team. I got engaged, which was a big accomplishment for myself. I bought a house. And I am COVID-free. So that's where I've been. Uh, That's really kind of my last year in a nutshell. Uh, The biggest accomplishment was probably engagement. So Steve's not the only one uh, who gave a ring to his uh, fiance before Brian Keller got one. Uh, And yeah, I haven't hit a hole-in-one yet, so I'm still working on that. People forget I did get a hole in one and, and uh, let's just bring that right into the conversation here. I know that uh, following you on, on Twitter, you've had a, a bit of a hiatus from work. I think it's more so just COVID induced than anything. And oh, no, you... it's, just a, it's just a vacation. Oh, all right. Nice. Uh, and then you, I, I've seen that you've taken to uh, basically the P wagon classic, a little bit of golf out there. So uh, you, I'm the, uh, the the golf nut here, and and I know that you're an appreciator of the game. Is it, I don't know if appreciator is is a word, but we're rolling with it. Tell us about your whole golf adventure over this past week. So I was set on a quest to play four rounds in four days, uh, like the pros do. I uh, got through three, played Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Uh, then on Tuesday, I hit my driver off the seventh tee, hooked it right, and pulled something in my back. Played the final 12 holes out, shot a 115, and then withdrew from my quest to play four rounds because uh, going from playing no golf to four rounds in four days uh, was a lot. So I shot a 107, a 108, and a 115 uh, in three days. So next time going out, we're going for under 100. I may need spinal fusion surgery by Tiger. Fair enough. I'm I'm actually nursing a bit of an injury right now myself. Um, you know, just I duffed a, a club, a seven iron, really, really badly, and I think I had a micro fracture in my hand. But last week did shoot my career lowest round of my life, albeit on a really short course, only like six thousand yards, shot in eighty four. Uh, oh, wow. But yeah, so I mean, I got new clubs, feeling energized. Um, was supposed to go to Palm Springs this year for a golf trip that got ruined along with pretty much the rest of my life, but I still have a job. I still have my health, so I'm happy and, and content. And I hope that every one of our listeners is in a similar situation to me, all things considered, it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that's, uh, 
it's pretty cool that you were able to get a couple rounds in, but unfortunate that you had to uh, to withdraw from the final round. Um, yeah, uh, Dill, I, I guess if there's, you know, I, in, in terms of, I guess, to quickly cover my personal life, I had a bunch of trips planned. They all got canceled, and I pretty much haven't done anything except work from home in my bed for the last three and a half, four months now, and that's pretty much it. Um, so no, nothing of note here on my end, if you wanted to fill us in on your end, Dylan. Well, not really much going on. I was in the middle of school, so that kind of was cut short and had to go online for a bit. Uh, and then uh, I'll tell you what, doing law school is tough to begin with. Doing it online is, boy, is that something else. Um, so I, I took a summer course, too, to keep myself busy because there's no way I'm getting a job in this economy. Um, and then I've, uh, I'm back in Montreal, which is the COVID capital of Canada right now, but, uh, just hanging in there, you know, seeing people, um, as much as you can, obviously with all these situations we're currently in, but nothing much has been going on. I mean, before COVID it was just school. Um, I know you were working a lot, Steve too, which is why we never really got around to one. Um, but I wish I could be golfing. I don't know much about golf. When I was a kid, it was either baseball or golf in the summer. So I played baseball. But it looks a lot of fun, especially when you're avoiding doing other obligations. Is that uh, is that your experience? Yeah, um, it's it's an extremely frustrating game <laughs> because if you're anything like me, you, you just pretty much walked onto any court or you walked onto any field or anything, and we're just kind of naturally uh, gifted athletically, and then you you step onto uh, a golf course and and try to swing a club and until you get a couple of years in and, and a few uh, tens of thousands of swings in, you, you just have no control of wherever the hell the ball is going. And uh, I mean, I'm like um, like a 19 handicap, which is, I guess, slightly above average, but still not good at all. I mean, I'm an, for, for as diehard of a golfer as I am, I, I should be about a 10 to 12 handicap, but it is what it is. I mean, it, it's a wonderful game. Um, would, would highly recommend it to any and all who are looking to get into it, although it is quite expensive. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when I'm, when I have my late shift, when I work at 10, um, you know, the 10 30 to seven shift, what I'll do is I'll, I'll actually wake up at five, get to the course for five 30. Uh, now that it's nice and warm and, and it's light out in the summer and I'll play 18 holes. I'll finish by 9.00 AM. I'll go back home, take a shower, start my day and, and work uh, a full eight hours. So, um, that's pretty much been my life since there's really nothing to do here in Massachusetts. Pretty much everything is still continued to be shut down with the exception of now golf courses, which, uh, is, uh, is, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I could put lipstick on a pig as much as I want to in, in regards to how the situation is, but it's, it's not ideal. But, uh, when it comes to golf, you'll, I'd say that's one of my top passions in life, but no more than, uh, the Notre Dame football, uh, and, and, you know, it's been tumultuous to kind of hang out and, and not really get to see, you know, the spring game. We haven't really, you know, we had a really, really awesome recruiting class, but we haven't seen any of those guys really, um, you know, so it stinks not being able to see the summer workouts and, and seeing the roster start to get crystallized, but hopefully in the next few weeks, that'll start coming to fruition. So I, I hope that transitions into some more. Uh, football talk as much as I would I could talk about golf for about 10 hours straight I think we should really stay uh 
stay for a golf analogy on par with what we're here for. What a humble brag, though. You step on the court and you're naturally gifted. Continue. That that was just such a quick humble brag that you slipped <laughs> well, in there. I, I, I picked up on it because I was kind of like that as a kid, too, where I'd play just whatever and I'd be good at it. So when I golfed once in my life, I was just utter, utter dog crap. And it was very frustrating to be like, I can hit a baseball proficiently. I was a very good baseball player. Get to golf, the ball's like standing still and I still can't hit it. You know, it's very frustrating. But I think... Who's the most famous Canadian baseball player? Oh, Matt Stairs, maybe. Um, yeah, he was a DH for a while. He's from New Brunswick, actually. Um, um, oh, one of those pitchers, what's his name? Axworthy, the the closer, I think, was Canadian. Yeah, I'm not. I got you. Got you can't. You can't like hit me cold like that. You know, I gotta. I gotta. I gotta prepare and research my my Canadian baseball history because uh, Jason Bay. Jason Bay was Canadian. He played for the Red Sox. Listeners, tweet uh, tweet at us at Four Horseman Pod or Horseman Pod who the most famous Canadian baseball player in your mind was. And now we get on with the show. Well, that's a good segue because I was I was thinking from what. You know, Steve was talking about how there's nothing to do. At least we have some sports looking to come back, right? You know, soccer's going on in, in Europe, and um, which is big for me. I'm a big soccer guy. But hockey's coming around. It looks like the NHL settled on some hub cities, so Steve's Bruins can make a make a playoff run in Toronto, ironically, Let's which go. is... Which is pretty funny. And, um, and uh, I saw the tweet today from Pete Blackburn uh, where they said that it looks like it's going to be Edmonton and Toronto as the two hub cities, but then the conference finals and the finals are going to be played in Edmonton. And yeah, just another year where the cup isn't going to be raised in Toronto. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty funny. I was I was saying the whole time because obviously I'm a I'm an Oilers fan, like the Edmonton Oilers. So I was I know the city pretty well and I figured that would be the perfect spot for them to go because it was really low cases, brand new arena and it's very funny like you said even even when Toronto selected as a city they're not going to be the home of the Stanley Cup but that's not what we're here to talk about what I wanted to talk about was if other sports are coming back let's get to the big question guys do you think we're going to have college football this season I know all of you guys that are listening that are willing to listen to this podcast in July must have anxiety about the season, and I'm gonna let uh, I'm gonna let P Wagon take this one. We will have college football in 2021. There's not going to be a season this year. Oh. Tampa I mean, if you're looking purely at numbers, there's no conceivable way that we have a season. There, it's either going to be a spike in COVID cases. Football isn't exactly a uh, socially distant sport unless you're the Oklahoma defense against the spread. Uh, there's no way that you can get 50 to 100 players. There's 100 players on a team, right? You can't get all of them. And I know they're containing them right now, but there's either going to be another outbreak. You're not going to get fans in the stands. This is a money grab. There, there's just no conceivable way that I can think of that a season will happen because this is going to sound weird because of the NFL, the NFL has more money than the NCAA does in theory. And you're seeing schools right now cancel their seasons. D three. I know Williams college Bowdoin and one of the HBCUs has already canceled their full football season. There's going to be more shoes to drop. The NFL can do it because they have the money and the players are getting paid 
to put their their body on the line, whether it be through injury or through COVID, they can afford that risk. These college kids can't afford that risk to possibly get this disease. This, you know, it may be curable in the long run, but it's so much unnecessary risk to be taken, not only for the football players, but the members of the staff, the students who may be in the student section. It's just, it's uncalculable, whatever. You can't calculate the, the amount of risk that we're going to see happening. So I don't think there's going to be a season. I'm already getting ready for a 2021 national championship for Notre Dame. But I, I think, you know, Drew Pine will lead us there. Um, Ian Book, it sucks that his senior season is going to be a wash, but I can't see that we have a season at all. I think, so, I think we'll have a season, but you made a really good point there, especially at the end where NFL players are going to get paid. And it's very hard to justify these athletes who are not paid to to exactly, like you said, to risk their to risk their bodies, to risk their lives. And um, and that's a little little scary for them. And I think that's probably if we don't have a season, I think that's going to be the maybe the sticking point, which, you know, I was I was leaning the other way until you said that I was thinking there's just too much money in this sport not to have it it's like the NFL. That's why I think the NFL is coming back, because obviously the covid cases in the US right now are just awful and it's not looking good. Um, but I think the NFL is coming back anyway. Just because there's so much money in it, there's so much TV deals that are going to cost millions and millions of dollars. Where it is somewhat applicable to the NCAA too, right? You have those TV deals, you have bowl ties, you have merchandising. But I think you brought a really good point there, P. About you know, I don't know if I was an athlete, well, if I was a student athlete, not getting paid, why would I risk it? On the other side, you would say, well, you're risking it anyway, whether you're playing football or not, because you're going to be in school, you're going to be in your community, right? Um, so I don't know what the answer is. Steve, do you do you have um I know we all wanted to come back, but do you have a realistic take on this? I have the realistic take and then I have the troll take. Which one would you like first? Let's see if we can differentiate between the two. Okay. <clears throat> it was just announced uh recent very recently by the um, president of Notre Dame that he fully expects there to be a full reopen at the end of August, beginning of September of the campus. Everyone will be on campus. School is planned as usual. Football is planned as usual. All sports are planned as usual. There has been a noticeable upswing since the end of May in cases. Uh, just by sheer numbers in, of, of total cases, uh, they, you know, it, it went up, then it went down after everyone kind of sheltered. And then, you know, as things reopened uh, and, and other factors, people went out a little bit more, cases were on the rise. Deaths have stayed pretty stagnant and, in fact, decreased because as it stands right now, it's mostly younger people that are going out. And younger people, by and large, are relatively unaffected by this. Now, there's still risk. It, don't be a, a D-bag. Please wear a mask if you're listening to this. It doesn't make you tough not to wear a mask. Um, I personally, and I'm, and I'm dead serious about this, I want the virus because I will take my chances being a 30-year-old male. I have an understanding that odds are I'll be okay, and I would rather get sick 
and get it over with and then go back into the office where I can get some work done because that's my own personal thing. However, I absolutely do not want to pass this along to anybody else. So wear a mask because I, I, while I am in control of my body, I also don't want to have an adverse or, or bad effect on anybody else. So wear a mask. Everyone should do so. There's been a noticeable uptick in cases. Statistically, most of the the new cases have been um, have been younger folk. Hospitalizations have been have remained pretty steady. I know there Houston is one of the one, very few cities that is near capacity. But all things considered, we are still with a relatively flat curve. Um, and I, I just think that the more data that we get, the more it's going to come out that this is just a extremely highly contagious flu that is dangerous to a larger degree to older people with and and for people with pre con, uh you know pre-existing conditions um so i i think by the time we get into september you're going to see that either most people have already had the antibodies or that we're going to have enough data to say that you know what at this point we are okay to for a, a full reopen of of campuses and therefore um and and therefore sports so that that's what is making me confident in, in the season uh that everything is is going to be coming around um all right that's that's basically my real take on it i i don't even know where i would go with the troll take because it would it would yeah whatever it's just get it it would be stupid for me to do so but realistically i i think that as the data is coming out i i think we're going to be okay that that's my my confidence in the situation again i i advocate for people to be responsible keep your distance don't be an idiot take care of the people around you if you don't care about your own self, that's fine. Just be respectful for other human life because you have no idea who's going to be around you and what conditions they have. So just, uh, but, but yes, I, I believe that we will see a Notre Dame season and a college football season and va- basically all sports seasons come September. That was the most politician answer I've ever heard from you in my life. You gave an answer with about 20 minutes of just. I respect everyone and look out for each other. And I think I think you're running for office, Steve. And this is this was your first moment of being a politician. Um, all jokes aside, um, I would like to pose a hypothetical or just a, a rhetorical question that maybe you guys can answer. And I'll direct it at P Wagon first. If there's school in the fall and students are on campus, what's the real harm in having football as well? Like, where's the heightened risk? of athletes getting travel okay that's that's where the main issue is i mean yeah when you think about it it's not you can't put these players in a bubble and it's not just football it's you know whatever other fall sports you have you can't bubbleize that's gonna be my own term you can't keep them in this protected area forever notre dame has what six games away or whatever it is navy's one of them wisconsin's one of them uh, they're USC's home, but you have these people traveling from little South Bend, Indiana, across the country. That's the risk. It's not just, oh, we're on campus, we're fine. Yeah, if you want to play a balloon gold game for 12 games in the season, that's fine. Play against each other, you're, you're mitigating the risk there. When you're looking at USC or you're looking at golf, these are very individualized sports and while UFC is probably the most high contact sport that we have right now, 
there's only two fighters and their teams want like five people each. So you're you're minimizing that risk with the travel because of how contained you can make it. You with a football team traveling, you know, let they're let's say they travel hundred people and the the force multiplier there is just affecting everything else. So you get a hundred people to travel to to Lambeau or wherever they're going to play against Wisconsin or to Baltimore where they're playing Navy and your force multiplier there is by a hundred. So every person that those people see that's up in the multiplier there. And are you going to have enough infrastructure for testing there? There's just so many different little things. And I've been in a lot of meetings about this stuff. Uh, so I'm probably talking from more of that perspective right now. But you're looking at force multipliers throughout the country when travel happens. And planes are probably the worst place. If, if you're chartering a train, maybe that's a little bit better. Planes, they filter all the, the air and all that stuff. I'm not an aeronautics guy, but that, that just it doesn't seem safe. And I definitely think that's the, the big issue. That's that's a good point, and I want to obviously defer to your you know your heightened knowledge in this just by being in those conversations, um, and I think you made a really good point there too about the multiplier, right? You have hundred hundred man football teams; these are going to spread like wildfire if it gets there. But I would like to ask, kind of like uh, I suppose a counterpoint here: Aren't teams fairly isolated to begin with when they go on the road? Though it's like they they fly out from a charter; it's their it's their airline, right? It's their flight. They're not in contact with any other you know normal people. And they go to a city, they go right to the hotel, they're at the hotel, then they go to the stadium, right? Like, I don't know, I feel like you can control the risks a little more in that sense, and obviously with more testing, and then you would have designated areas of, like, you know, certain hotels for athletes that are always clean to kind of minimize this. But on the on this flip side, all you said is it takes one guy to go out to leave the city to catch it, to spread it to the whole team. So, I mean, there's obviously that to think about, too. Steve, I'll let you get in, because um, I'm sure you have something to say. Yeah, and, and I think what... Yes, you are correct that they're pretty sheltered when they are traveling. Um, the problem becomes we have a bunch of 18 to 22 year olds that are known by and large by the entire student body. And most of them are probably promiscuous with co-eds. All right. I think allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. Um, so that's. That's where I think that there could be issues because when you have, um, you know, guys either going to a party, going to a bar, or just swiping right on a on on a app, right? That's all it takes is to meet up with one girl. He gets sick. He's asymptomatic. He goes into a locker room. Five guys get sick. They go onto the field. They're banging into one another for three and a half straight hours. Now everybody's sick. So that's where it, exactly uh, to P Wagon's point, it can, the exponential growth from there can can go off. And uh, since when have you know eighteen to twenty two year old men that are you know built up with massive amounts of testosterone? When do they make the most wise uh, and, and and smart decisions? Right, right to to not you know go out in, in, that night to a bar or a club or have that that co-ed over. Uh, or, or same sex, we don't judge. Um, so it's that's where I, I honestly I think more than anything, these guys just hooking up with people is, is honestly going to be the the largest risk to anything. I think travel wise, you're safe. 
I think that it's it's the guys that want to break curfew. It's the guys that want to have the booty call over that they're going to have someone, they get sick, and then you know spreads through the locker room. And, and another point really quickly to make, and if you start getting star players sick, like, what's the point of playing? Hypothetically, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence gets sick the week that they're supposed to be playing Notre Dame. Now we get Clemson's backup quarterback. Like, I don't want that. I, I, I want Trevor Lawrence. I want Trevor Lawrence. I want a packed house. I want a crowd. You know, I, I want that place to be rocking loud. And I want Trevor Lawrence at his best with all 11 starters around him. And I want to freaking drive him into the ground with Jeremiah owusu Koromora. I want us to absolutely crush that guy. I want to beat that friggin' team by 30 friggin' points to prove that we are friggin' here to stay after one of the best three-year runs in Notre Dame history. Like, that's what I want to see. And that's what I'm so excited for. And that's why I'm so desperate to see this season happen. And that's why I'm so optimistic about it. But I mean, there's there's absolutely some great points to be made that there's so many wild uh, you know wild card things that that may have an effect that that drag the season down. That's why it may end up being a wash. But until that point, I'm going to re- remain ever hopeful. All right, I got I want to get a, a rapid fire question and a rapid fire answer from you guys. Um, unless either of you have something to say more on the topic, what I would say now to the fans, the people listening, our cherished and beloved listener. Um, tweet at us. Tweet at Horseman Pod what you think is going to happen this season. Are we going to have a college football season? And do you want to see a college football season? So let us know. Um, we'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to amplify your voice on our platform. Um, but now I just have a quick question for both of you, and I want you to answer, you know, simple. If, theoretically, there would be a season, but there are no fans, do you want to play in that season or not? Yes. Yeah, I'm with it. Um, I I agree. I mean, if even if with there, there's no fans, or I I still think that they could fill up Notre Dame Stadium at 25 percent capacity, right? What's what's it like 85, 88 thousand, give or take? I know that there's recently been renovations that knock the numbers around. Maybe it's even 79 thousand. But what what's to stop you from having 25 thousand people and and you know? Each person being six row, you know, you have six rows in front, six rows behind, and then left and right. If you leave plenty of space, um, you know, and, and if you keep groups that have already had pre-made contact, just like you would see at a bar or a restaurant, and then everyone wears a mask and everyone's responsible, uh, I, I think you could still do, um, you know, 25% capacity. Even if there wasn't that, I still would like to see it, but... I, again, that's just me being selfish um, because I, I just need something to look forward to, admittedly. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair point, too, is they're even talking about that in some sooner sports that are they're coming sooner, if, uh, if that's something that's possible. I think, you know, come October, who knows, right? Who knows where we'll be? We might have a worse second spike. It might be um, better by then. We might be able to have a, a more full stadium assuming we have a season, right? There's no guarantees, and as P-Wagon has made the excellent point, there's a, a very good chance we're not going to have one. But pretending we do, because this is what our show is about, how do you guys feel about next season? Without getting into detail, just how are you, how comfortable are you going into next season with, with this team we have and, and the schedule we play? And, and before I, I turn it over to you guys, I'll point out, we have four key games that I, I saw on the schedule. 
We have Wisconsin at a neutral venue at Lambeau Field. We have Stanford at home. We have Clemson at home. And then we have USC away. So how do you feel if we get a season, um, how the season would go for the Irish? Are you confident? Um, and so on. 13-0. Bring the natty home. I genuinely think that is very much so on the table. I'm confident that we win at least three of those four matchups. Um, and it's not out of the realm of possibility that we win all of them. And if we're winning those four, we're winning the rest of the eight. And, and that means Wisconsin's garbage. Uh, not to interrupt you, Steve, but I'm fired up. Not at all. Garbage. Let it go. The, the Big Ten is the Big Ten. Whatever. They're not going to be a good team this year. They've lost all their star power. Clemson, three games, one in a hurricane. Notre Dame, or this is what, our second game? I don't know. There, there's been games against Clemson. They're winnable. One was in a hurricane. It would have been one. That's two right there. Stanford, whatever. Pac-12 probably may not even exist this year because California won't be playing football. So you got three right there. And then the fourth one. Who was the fourth one that you said? USC? USC yes. is garbage. We know that. I bought a Sports Illustrated cover from 1979 and it says Notre Dame stacks up USC Anthony Davis goes nowhere I watch every day when I log into work three Notre Dame players tackling Anthony Davis and it inspires me because USC is just so bad it's a that's four and all right there Clemson whatever empty stadium give me Ian Book and Trevor Lawrence on the 50-yard line trial by combat Travis Etienne isn't walking through that door. It is Notre Dame all the way there. Everyone hates Dabo because of the stuff he's doing that we're not going to get into. Dabo's probably losing his locker room. It's 4-0. It's 13-0. National championship is underway. Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin's going to have their first four-star QB ever in Graham Mertz, but what's he going to oh, be like? A true... ooh, <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, he's going to be like a true Mertz. freshman or something. So, I don't know. I, I don't see us losing to Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, they're they're basically a run-the-ball football team, and I'm very confident in our front seven. And we also have a quite experienced offense. I mean, at the skill positions, those guys are going to need to step up. But all things considered, with our offensive line, with our running backs, with our QB, I, I just think we have the edge there. So, yep, I, I mean, I, I, I see 3-0 and as probable, 4-0 uh, as, as likely, and, and therefore an undefeated, undefeated season is definitely on the table. Uh, Dylan, your thoughts? Well, I mean, we're always going to say an undefeated season because you're not a true Notre Dame fan if you try to be realistic at all. <laughs> um, I think we'll be favored in 10 of the 12 games, um, USC away and Clemson being the ones where we'll be slight underdogs. The way I like to look at it is um, who has the better quarterback for all the games? You know, of course, barring bad, bad teams that you don't need a good quarterback to beat them. Um, and I would say with Wisconsin, and a big caveat here, as long as the game is not played in a monsoon like the Michigan game. That's literally one of the points I was going to make too. But right. Please, go ahead. It, if, we, if this doesn't turn into run the ball fest, we should slaughter Wisconsin because they won't be able to do anything on us. They can run the ball. I don't care. I'll hang up 45 on them. It's like playing Navy unless it's in a monsoon, right? So that's my only concern there. Um, Stanford, I really like David Shaw as a coach. 
Um, I don't think he has a game style or the talent right now to compete with Notre Dame, especially with with a talented quarterback like Ian Book. Assuming Ian Book, you know, is is good to great next season, we should we should crush Stanford at home. Um, which brings us to Clemson and USC, right? So Clemson, that's a stacked team. That's going to be a tough game. I think it's one we could win with a full crowd. That's the real shame about this whole thing is I think Notre Dame packed at eight o'clock college game day in that historic stadium could beat Clemson. Uh, in a more neutral site venue, I don't know. That'll be a good one, though. I think we can get at Clemson. I think um, I think it's going to be a good one, though. And then USC, honestly, I know I'm always making fun of USC. I think USC scares me more this year than ever, and it's because they found a quarterback who's hopefully a one-year wonder in uh, what Slovis, whatever his name is. He's Keith Slovis. He's right. And they awful. were good. And they got well. They had good receivers there too, right? You got Amon Ross St. Brown, who's just a a killer out there. Um, and I think that offense could scare me a little bit. That's one game where it could be a high octane game. But I'm with you guys. I think an undefeated season is on the table if we have one. I'm our weaker games this year are absolute jokes, right? Like we're playing like I don't know Western Michigan or something absurd like that. We're playing a really weird SEC team, I think. Uh, Pittsburgh, like whatever. Um, but if we get through those four games, I think we're looking good. And I think it's both hard enough and weak enough where we could navigate it to an undefeated season. And should we lose one of those games, still get into the playoffs. So I think we have a lot to look forward to. Um, but that's just classic Notre Dame fans, right? We're, we're a little bit delusional at times. Hope springs eternal, baby. Let's go. Who names are Tate Keaton? Uh, I'm not going to answer that, but... All right, we're, I think we, we could get close to wrapping up here. I, I know that uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't give our resident Canadian a chance, and I, I will also have authority to speak on this topic as well. Um, the late, great Chase Claypool, he got drafted by my Pittsburgh Steelers uh, what, early on in the second round, pretty, pretty early on. Um, I'm obviously very excited. Um uh, and we've made Chase our our one of our four horsemen of the week pretty much every week. He was astonishing last year. We love him. We already miss him, and we obviously all wish him luck at the next level in the NFL. But uh, Dylan, as as the resident Canadian here and distant cousin of Mister Claypool, please um, uh, let's transition into this topic and and sh- share your thoughts with us. Happy Canada Day, Dylan. Happy Canada. On uh, yesterday was Canada Day, so that's uh, a very good timing to talk about it. Did you guys not see me there in the Claypool residence when he was drafted? You, know? you were in the uh, the kitchen, right? Yeah, yeah, I was making sense. <laughs> Thought I saw the Red Sox hat floating around there. <laughs> um, I'm ecstatic for Claypool. Um, I'm, I'm not a Steelers guy, but I think that's a good fit. Um, hopefully the quarterback situation gets under under control there because I think Claypool could be electric next to Juju next to Washington. Um, you know, so that's a good fit there, the Steelers. Um, Claypool went second guy off the board for Notre Dame, right where I kind of thought he deserved to be. Um, it's a it's a huge deal. I think he was the highest ever drafted Canadian. Um, we're obviously not a football country, but we're becoming one. Same thing with basketball, too. As you'll see, there's a lot of Canadians in the draft these days. So to see Claypool have a good draft, uh, Neville Gallimore um, went to the Cowboys, actually. He's from Ottawa. Um, but Notre Dame had a decent draft. I believe we actually overtook USC for most picks all time now. Um, mm-hmm. Komet went to the Bears. 
Uh, Aquara went to his brother uh, in Detroit. I think that was my favorite pick of the draft, just to see him there in the third round. Uh, Troy Pride to Carolina. Kareem, very underrated, went to Cincinnati in the fifth. Cincinnati had a really good draft there. I thought Kareem was a fantastic talent. As a Steelers fan, I'm I'm not thrilled about that. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be a solid 10-year vet, just perfect run-blocking a run-stopping uh, edge guy there. And then our boy, Aloe Gilman. The, all three of us loved him so much. We didn't know how well he would transition to the pros, but as a college player, he's one of the better safeties I recall at Notre Dame since maybe Harrison Smith, and that was uh, the Chargers in round six. So we got the draft in. Um, it was great for me personally to see Claypool go so high. Um, are you a Chargers guy now, P? Is that how it worked out? I know you kind of follow wherever the Notre Dame talent goes. Uh, it's going to be hard to say. Uh, I haven't declared my allegiance for this year. It's going to be a game time decision, but, uh, since San Diego is Notre Dame West now, it's going to be pretty hard to uh, pick against them. Literally what I was about to say between Drew Tranquil, Aloe Gilman, Jerry Tillery, who else? I feel like they have, uh, oh, I didn't, um, Jalen Elliott go there. Or is he on the Raiders? Oh, that feels like a Raiders move, doesn't it, though? He could murder someone there. I think it <laughs> they, they have, I believe they have Tyler Newsom, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, so, sorry, so they sorry. definitely are Notre Dame West. So you have to be a, a Chargers guy now. Tyler Newsom was joined the Chargers, but he plays for the Chiefs now. And he'll probably be the starting punter for the Chiefs. So... Yeah, I'll t- I'll take I'll take the Chargers. I'll I'll declare the Chargers as my team. That's you big heard news. It here first. Breaking Maybe news on the Horseman Pod. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take them. Go go Chargers. Go go bolt up. Right. <laughs> bolt bolt up. Do you guys uh, have anything to say before we wrap it up here? Um, Where am I? Oh, Steve, you go. I yeah, no, I'll, I'll I'll be quick and easy. Um, let's all pray for a season. Let's all hope for you know, health for for all people out there. Um, be responsible. Don't be a dick. Care about your fellow human beings, and um, let's just hope that we can really, really, really hear Mike Tirico say, "Here come the Irish, come September." Asmar Bilal, Loie Gilman, Isaac Rochelle, Jerry Tillery, Drew Tranquil, Dante Vaughn. Bolt up. Go Irish. Ooh, Dante Vaughn. Steve's still triggered by, by Dante Vaughn out there. Oh, and if you really want to get... No, I mean, never mind. That's the court, not the quarterback. Continue. But that that's all I got. Wear a mask. Be safe. Go from there. I was uh, going to ask you guys before we sign off here. Do you think this episode does better than our average listening viewers or worse? Because there's two ways to look at this. Either it's July who cares about football, so this will be worse than average. Or are we also starved for content because it is July and because we're in the middle of a pandemic that any Notre Dame content is worth listening to? What do you guys think? Uh, Better. Yeah, I, I am inclined to agree. I think uh, people right now are just looking for anything to focus on, uh, given the circumstances. And there's a lot of people that don't have much to do. Um, so if you have 45 minutes or however long this has been, um, you know, listen, share, rate, review, five stars only, because that's how we roll. 
And uh, we obviously love all of our listeners. We appreciate you guys. Uh, the, the plan is to be pretty regular, uh, assuming that we uh, we get back to uh, an actual season. Um, you know, the off season had a few extenuating circumstances, but we, we appreciate anyone sticking by us. Yeah, and big thanks to P-Wagon for, uh, for coming on this one. Hopefully, if we do more regular stuff during the season, we'll see you back here more because you are the OG. You put this whole thing together. Um, and I think, yeah, maybe with a little deflooded market right now, there's less Notre Dame content out there. Maybe we can make some new inroads with some fans. And like always, guys, feel free to reach out to us, Horseman Pod. Uh, we retweet. We will respond to your DMs. We'll even try to get you hooked up to the show sometime if we're if we're back running again. So, P Wagon, do you have anything to say before we uh, we hang out? Uh, the Chargers currently don't have a quarterback, so this might have been a misguided fandom. So, uh, yeah, go Irish. Follow me, P Wagon sixty. Uh, retweets are not endorsements, and I'll see y'all on the flip side. Go Irish. Go Irish.